You know, a while back, there was a theme for a meeting on prayer. And I began to study about prayer a little bit more in depth, and I began to ask people about prayer. And it's at that time that I really got exposed to an idea amongst some of our own brethren, which really kind of surprised me. Prayer was for, to thank God, you know, thankfulness mostly, appreciate, pray for things in the future. But you know, prayer really doesn't work much change because God doesn't work like he used to, I had a brother tell me. He doesn't work like he used to. And so prayer is basically a spiritual discipline, somebody told me, for humility and thankfulness. I began to think about, is that the way a lot of people view prayer? Is that what the Bible teaches about prayer? It became amazing to me. Well, the Bible has a lot to say about prayer. In 1 Thessalonians, it tells us, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, verse 17. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, pray without ceasing. Now, first of all, that doesn't mean that we're supposed to be such prayers that we forget how to drive or we forget how to talk to anybody or do other things. It's talking about an attitude of the presence of God in our life. It's talking about being in companionship with Him, having Him be with you, being aware of His presence and being able to talk to Him immediately. That's the kind of prayer we should have. Prayer life, where God is immediately present in time of need. The Bible also talks in other passages uh, about prayer and about something that we should be doing all the time. It's something we should be instant in. Uh, you know, that means uh, immediately be able to pray. Well, some of us haven't got that discipline as well. But I, I really began to think about people who are trying to overcome sin in their lives and we're not using prayer as access to the throne of grace to find help in time of need. They weren't even praying because they didn't believe God did much. God didn't work that way. And we are being told by Calvinists all the time, God pre-wrote all of history. That's the reason why he's able to prophesy is because he just went to page number so-and-so and told us what was on that page. Well, is everything so preset that we're absolutely locked in and prayer doesn't change anything? Does God change his mind? Well, some people say God is immutable. He doesn't ever change his mind. My friends, whenever the Bible talks about the immutability of God, it's talking about his character and his concept of righteousness and unrighteousness. It's not talking about his ability to change his mind. The Bible does tell us that God changed his mind. He had a covenant. He made a new covenant. He even prophesied there was going to be a new covenant coming. The Bible tells us in the Old, in, in, uh, the Old Testament, uh, on many different places, and, and, and basically in Isaiah 38, listen. In those days, Hezekiah became mortally ill. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, came to him and said to him, Thus saith the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. You know, whenever you have both sides that, shall I die? You shall not live. You get the point. I'm about to kick the bucket here. I'm not going to make it any longer. Notice. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, and I beseech you how I have walked before you in truth with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, seeing, Go to Isaiah, and said, Thus saith the Lord, the God of your father David, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you in this city from the hand of the king of Assyria and will defend this city. 
Now tell me God doesn't answer prayers. God had made a proclamation, a very strong proclamation. You're going to die. Get your house in order. And then all of a sudden he repents and he prays to God. Before the, the prophet even gets out of the courtyard, he's told to go back and tell him he's got 15 more years to live. Does God change his mind? Absolutely. There are some people here tonight that you've been told by some brother, you have implied from, from some scripture, you have misbelieved the teaching of scripture, that you don't believe God changes his mind about things. I've talked to people who have lived hopeless lives. I've talked to people who have been into sin. And you know what they're told? Their hope has been crushed because they have been told that they've been born that way. I'm sorry you were born that way. And you just need to accept it and go on. No, that's not the case. We find you, get, you may get your physical characteristics from your physical parents. That's right, you do. Your physical characteristics, your shortness, your tallness, your lack of hair, whatever. As the old country and western song, you're the reason why our kids are ugly. You know, you do get your characteristics from your parents. But your spirit is not born totally depraved. You are not born alien to God. You are not born with total depravity. The Bible says God is the father of spirits. You don't get your spirit from your parents. That leads to all kinds of problems. We don't get our eternal spirit from our parents. We get it from God. And we're all born innocent in this world. And we have made choices. And oh yes, habits are hard to break. All of us have to deal with, as our brother has said to us, the sins and the consequences of those sins. But all of us have the opportunity to make a change. All of us have been given the power to access for help in time of need. Notice what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 3. And I want you to remember some of these passages. In Ephesians chapter 3, notice what it says. Starting reading verse, uh, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever beyond what we're able to ask or think that's right don't you ever doubt the power of prayer don't you ever fail to humble yourself before a God who truly in time considers your need at that moment don't you ever believe that there's no reason to pray because things are not going to change. I want you to know God is able to do, listen, far more than you ask or think. You have a reason to trust that prayer has power. Don't ever practice prayer without believing in its power. Notice in James, the fifth chapter in verse 16, I'm just going to go quickly. Notice what it says. It says, prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Can accomplish nothing? No. Can accomplish a little? No. Can accomplish much is what it says. Don't you ever doubt the power of prayer. God is alive and well and wanting you to ask for help in time of need. In Hebrews 4 verse 16, the Bible says, let us remember to receive help 
for, and find grace to help in time of need. That means at that moment, my friends, when you're driving and you're about ready to curse the person who's driving next to you, remember to ask for help for your tongue in time of need. Whenever you're out in a place and you think that nobody's watching, remember God is there and God is available for you to help in time of need. I told my children there when they began dating, I said, don't you ever get in the back seat. Christ is already there. And you know what? We want to put a distance between ourselves and God. And the world wants us to practice that distance between us and God. It really hurt whenever people, there was a school shooting. And they came out and they said, I'm sorry, but thoughts and prayers are not enough. I go, what God are you praying to? Because thoughts and prayers are very powerful. Thoughts and prayers are beyond all that we ask or think. My friends, don't let the devil tell you that thoughts and prayers are nothing. They are not. Now, there's a hypocrisy for people who pray and don't believe that they're the answer to that prayer sometime. The Bible tells young people, flee in times of youth. God gave you feet, use them. God made a way of escape, the Bible says. We've got to pray to see it sometimes. Remember that. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. But God is there to help in time of need. That's right. You know, I talk to sometimes there's people who have the sin of homosexuality in their life and they believe that they've been born that way. Their genetics are coded. Everything is encoded. And I'm sorry, but that's just the way I am. No, it isn't. No, listen to this. Dr. Neil Whitehead. Dr. Neil Whitehead, I just want to read a paragraph. In a nutshell, if you take pairs of identical twins in which one twin is homosexual, the identical co-twin is usually not homosexual. That means given that identical twins are always genetically identical, homosexuality cannot be genetically dictated. No one is born gay, Dr. Neil Whitehead. Now, I don't know what the world is doing. It's confused. It has got its message together right. But I'm here to tell you there is not a sin that God cannot forgive. And God cannot help you overcome that in your life. I don't care how habitual. I don't care how long. I don't care how whatever it is. God can change your life. And prayer can change your life as well. Five minutes. Okay. Good, about five minutes. Now you may say, you may say, well, how come God doesn't answer my prayer? I asked for a million bucks and I ain't got it yet. Why doesn't God give me what I want? Well, there's a lot of reasons what God why might. Our brother just gave a whole talk on, on uh, trials and tribulations. Brother Todd Bernard did a good job. He tells us sometimes God gives us our trials and temptations in order for us to grow in strength. And we may need that. That's right. But there's also a lack of faith. James 1, 6 through 8. It might be sin in our life. Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 2. Proverbs 28, 9. 1 Peter 3, 7. We might not seek the kingdom of God first. We may just want God to add to our fleshly life. We may pray for something to consume it upon our lust, the Bible says. I'm sorry. God's not going to answer that prayer in the affirmative. God always answers prayer, but sometimes it's no. 
I used to talk, argue with my mother. Mom, you didn't hear me. She goes, oh, I know, I heard you. The answer's no. I learned from that that sometimes God hears us, but the answer's no. No, as my mom said, is an answer. <laughs> That's right. Yes, no, maybe later. But I want you to know God always hears the cries of his children. That's right. We need to realize. We need to pray like Jesus, not my will but thine be done. James, you asked it 4 verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That's right. When you ask that a brakes go out on your enemy's car, when you brat would you pray that God may smite them? I'm sorry, God doesn't say that's not the right attitude. God doesn't have that attitude. God wants his enemies to repent. We need to have the right attitude in our prayer. But my friends, here's one thing you can do, and this is my last point. You can trust God. You can trust that God has your interest at heart because he didn't have to give us prayer at all. Can you imagine trying to live a life where we're trying to be pleasing unto God and God did not give us prayer? If God just said, no, I'm going to give you grace and it's a one-shot deal. You obey me, you get forgiven of your sins and you better keep clean until the judgment. God gave us prayer to find help in time of need. Be thankful for prayer that we will receive mercy and find grace. Be thankful for prayer to ask for help. There's all kinds. God has done everything he can do to make sure that we have access to what we need to be spiritually survivors and have a living hope unto God. If you're here and hopeless, I want you to know God has answers to your hopelessness. You have access to tools that will give you help, that will give you strength in time of need. You can be victorious, and I don't care how long you've been in that sin. God can give you help. You can be victorious over it. There is no sin in this world that God can't help you with. We need to not pray that we can consume it upon our lust. 1 John 5, 14, 15. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Ask and pray, thy will be done. Just like Jesus did in the garden. Pray at the end of the prayer. Lord, I want you, I, this is what I want. But it's according to your will. Not my will, but thine be done. How about putting that at the end of every prayer? Not my will, but thine be done. We need to pray for the right things. Paul, 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7 through 10, prayed three times that he had a thorn in the flesh. Lord, take it away from me. And if anybody ought to have God listen to him, so to speak, you might think, well, Apostle Paul had it. Paul asked for help. What did God say? God finally, him being a prophet, God gave him an answer. Paul, no. Not going to take it away. That the power of Christ may rest upon you friends how humbling that would be to get that where God explained to Paul Paul the answer is no because if I take this away you may fall away from Christ Paul said then I would rather rejoice I'd rather rejoice in that you know sometimes we need to be thank God for unanswered prayers because they may take away our salvation too my friends one, one last verse, Job 13 verse 15, even though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Yet without trust him, 
My friends, God is a good God. And there's a verse I didn't get to read. God wants to give good gifts to his children. God wants to answer your prayer, but has, from his perspective, he knows yes, no, and maybe later. I don't know. But here's one thing you can trust. You can trust him to have your interest at heart. You can trust that as a good father in heaven, he desires for you to have that which you absolutely need. Tonight, if you're here, he wants you to be saved. He desires for you to be saved. And the world may be whispering in your ear. And you may be believing the devil's lies. That there is hopelessness. That prayer is not going to give you the power to change things. That things won't change. My friends, I want you to know God has given us forgiveness of sins. God has given us all that we need. So that we may share his nature forever. But don't you ever forget prayer. Because prayer is where God changes his mind. And God considers your plight. And God will give you help always in time of need. Tonight, do you need to make things right with God? If you're not a Christian, you don't have access to those blessings that are found only in Christ. You need to, in your faith, repent of your sins, Luke 13, 3. Confess his name before men. Upon that confession, you're a, a fit subject for baptism for the remission of your sins, Acts 2, verse 38. That's right, you get added to the body of Christ. He will add you to his body. And in the body of Christ, you have all spiritual blessings, which includes prayer. What a blessing to have it. What a horror to realize that we don't have it. If you're here tonight and you're outside of Christ, God does not hear a sinner's prayer. Your sins and iniquities have caused him to turn his ear away from you so that he will not hear. Oh, that's a scary place to be. If you're here and can't pray tonight, how scared you and concerned you should be. But if you're a Christian tonight, you can get forgiveness and grace to help in time of need. You can get access to the throne of God. What a wonderful blessing to have. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 730 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.